to Z, a flavor odyssey. And the odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of A Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. Co-host Randy Griggs coming to you from Lot B Cigar Dojo Studio out here in increasingly brisk California. Randy, how are you feeling today? I am doing fantastic. I'm excited. Happy uh, to be here. I am happy to be here. Uh, and while it's, while it's brisk, you know, I'm in a t-shirt, so I, I kind of think you just... I'm spoiled. Yeah. It's 56 or 50, 55, 56 yeah. degrees outside. That's that's brisk to me. It's totally good. I've lived here my whole life. I don't know any different. We don't, I've lived here my I don't whole really life. get winter. We no, just don't, this I, is winter. This is occasionally, the as cold as it gets for us. I, we, my wife, we uh, hadn't put our Christmas decorations away yet, so she couldn't park her car in the garage overnight. Uh-huh. And one morning, her windshield was frozen. We didn't know what to do. Oh, I had my window. Yeah, see, that's the, that's what I'm saying. We're, we get excited yeah. about frozen windows. <laughs> this is we don't have real weather here. Randy, episode Q brought to you by the fine folks at Drew Estate. The, the rebirth, rebirth of oh. cigars. That I should have just gone with. Should have. I thought. Yeah. Damn it. Next time I'll just go with yeah. it. Yeah. Because we're, we're still working on it, yeah, it's, it's, it's clearly it's, it's, it's a new part of the intro, uh, and you'll continue to see that develop uh, th- throughout uh, the first quarter of the year. <laughs> we we do have a, a a bit of there's there's the Drew Estate logo on the on the screen there, but there's a little little de nugget kind of hiding back in the the crevices back there. If you are uh, astute enough to uh, not astute enough, if you care enough to look for that kind of thing, <laughs> nobody mentioned the Cheez Its. Was that two episodes ago or last Dojo episode? Did. Yeah, Eric did. Yeah, but I Eric thought for did. sure I put the cheese it box up there on purpose is the box I was distracted by. If you guys are watching every episode, which 150% of you do watch every episode. I thought for sure somebody would comment on the cheese its and I was going to send a, a, like a prize pack to whoever yep. that was. True story. And I'm not sending anything to you, Eric. Sorry. <laughs> just, just not going to do it. Uh, letter Q. Randy, we've got a fantastic little cigar from our friend Steve Saka. Mi querida, you like that? Tricky Traca. And the Q is in querida, uh-huh. which means like, it means mistress, but isn't it a bit more of aggressive term than no, mistress? No, no, mistress is the uh, aggressive part, because uh, like mi querida would be kind of like my loved one, uh, but when you say it like that, it's more like my mistress. Okay, you know? okay. I was thinking it was like maybe like side piece, but like maybe a little more aggressive, <laughs> but I guess not. So that's good. I don't have to feel bad about saying it. And well, I mean, I guess mistress isn't a good thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> off topic. And uh, we've got <laughs> uh, a beer from o- Omagang. Mm-hmm. I can never feel like I'm saying this correctly. Omagang, three philosophers. This Randy is a Belgian quad yep. ale with Belgian Creek ale and cherries. You're going to have a lot to talk about today, my friend. Yeah. Uh, one thing before you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know Steve Saka and w- everything he does in his life. Uh, I think we failed to mention that it comes from his company, Dunbar Tobacco, Tobacco and Trust. Trust. Absolutely. Which, um, did we do one of their cigars for D? I know we talked about it. No, I don't believe we've done a Dunbar. No, this was, you know what, you're right. This is the first one that we did, yeah. and we saved it for this, yeah. because there's not a whole lot going on with letter Q in the cigar industry. Oh, that's right. You're exactly yeah, right. Uh, we we, we, we actually other planned. cigars yeah. of his that we talked about doing, but it's like, yeah. ugh. We, have we, to we need Q. him for Q, yeah. for sure. <laughs> so we, we did actually plan ahead there. We were, uh, for once, prepared. Uh, Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. I'm going to go into the cigar a little bit. I'll go off. Have at it. Go off uh, 
off the rails a little bit. We usually jump right the, into it. Usually do the beer first. So, <clears throat> Mikarita was officially released at the IPCPR slash PCA, Randy, not PAC, PCA trade show in 2019. The Tricky Traka was. Yeah, that's what I said. You said the Mikarita was. Oh, did I? I meant the Tricky Traka. I yeah. beg your pardon. There's two cigars. Okay, so there's yes. Mikarita, yeah, yeah, which has been around that. since 2016, I think. Sounds about right. 16 or 15. I think it's 16. Okay. And uh, that is, it's got the same band. Really simple little band here for those of you listening on. Although there's a lot of texture on this that I've never noticed before. Yeah, the texture is there, but the color's different. Yeah. It's uh, uh, red and gold. Mm-hmm. Very fitting for my 49ers, Randy. Yes. With a yes. dominating, dominating performance over the Vikings. How in the hell did the Vikings beat the Saints? How did that even happen? Because that Vikings team that I saw got 140 yards of total offense, and they got the bulk of that in the fourth quarter. You know, I have zero reason to root for the Saints, but Drew Brees is just one of those guys. He's a super guy. He started his career here in California, so I was a little bit um, kind of uh, following him when he was a charger. And... uh, but, you know, to see greatness like that in our lifetime, I do kind of root for him and root for the Saints and kind of hope to see him get a, a second Super Bowl ring. Um, yeah, I was really surprised to see um, Kirk Cousins, who I think there's still a big question mark on, you know, how he's going to be rated as a quarterback at the end of his career. He's uh, it's uh, it's tough. Like, I don't know. We don't need to get into all that. But wasn't didn't they draft Drew Brees the same year they drafted LaDainian Tomlinson? Oh, I think that, they, I think they was? took Ladanian Tomlinson first in the and first round, and then got Breeze. Breeze in the second, and then got Philip Rivers like two years later. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, off topic. But uh, so <laughs> Mike Rita Tricky Traka is a ramped up version of the original Mike Rita. We'll get into that in a second. So this a particular cigar was released at the IPCPR trade show <clears throat> in 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada, Randy, where the elite meet Me to eat. Yeah, I know. I know you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this is the first time that I've smoked the uh, the Mi Querida Tricky Traka. I did smoke one of those firecrackers, mm-hmm. which this blend is based on. And we can, uh, so then, as I said, Tricky Traka started or had a bit of a, a history. <clears throat> the Mi Querida Firecracker is an interesting cigar, Randy. I know you've got several boxes of these, correct? I do. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, I'm, I'm, Flipping through my notes here, so I apologize. So the Firecracker series was launched back in 2007 at a shop called Two Guys. Is it Two Guys? Yeah, Two Guys Smoke Shop. Yep. Now, they are up in the northeast, New Hampshire, right? Mm-hmm. Up in that area. So they started in 2007 with this this whole idea of uh, a Firecracker cigar. So basically, these cigars are they're about three and a half inches long. Actually, mm-hmm. I think I have the exact... The exact size. Yeah, three and a half by 50. Three and a half by 50. And it's got this really long pigtail cap that comes right. down the side, looks like a wick. So they call a it fuse. Not, not a John Wick. Oh. But a, or a fuse, exactly. Um, and so they call it Firecracker. Kind of a cool idea. Smaller cigar, real ramped up, strong right. uh, type of, right. of, uh, of blend. And so that started in 2007 with uh, a special uh, Don Papine blue label. So that was the first one. And that was around for a while. 2011, my man Pete from Tatuaje, mm-hmm. uh, he produced the M80, which I've smoked the M80. That was a butt kicker. Yeah. 
I've got. Uh, I've got. We should smoke that. I've got a couple more at the house. Oh, we can smoke please. That. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. That cigar is wow, eight years old now. Holy crap! Um, <clears throat> and then uh, a few years later, uh, LFD made one. Roma Craft made the was Cro Magnum. The Magnum. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Fratello as well. And then after that came the Mikerita Firecracker right. in two thousand seventeen. 2018, 2018. And that was a huge, huge success. Yeah. Yeah, huge success. So much so that uh, Steve produced more uh, the following year. Yeah, he did a second release of the Firecracker. Just before the Tricky Chaka came out. That's right. And that one sports the same blue label that the original line of Mikarida has. Mm -hmm. And that's a a broadleaf wrapper, right? Um, You're getting ahead of me, Randy. Oh, I'm sorry. That is a Connecticut Broadleaf. You are correct. Um, so that cigar was, like we said, the Firecracker series, kind of an amped up version right. of the the same, the, like the original blend, right? Because mm-hmm. that was the whole idea. So Steve took that concept, Steve Saka, and uh, came out with the Tricky Traka, which is that blend, but he, he went with a couple of different sizes. So we're smoking, Randy, the... The number 648, which is 6 by 48. Awesome. <laughs> and then there's also a number 552, Randy, mm. which is. Ooh, I, c- I couldn't even begin to guess. 5 by 52. Ah, uh, yes. I love it. <clears throat> so those are the two sizes. It's, it's interesting. I actually, while doing some prep for this, I, uh, I, I came across uh, a Facebook video that Steve did when he was stuck in traffic. <laughs> and. Uh, he was, uh, and one thing that Steve Saka does just as good as anybody in the industry, if not better, is uh, kind of stay involved in social media. He's super, super accessible for someone who's got such a reputation in this industry, mm-hmm. super accessible. And he will, if you comment on something that's about one of his cigars, you don't even have to tag him. He'll find it and he will re- respond to you. And if you have a problem, uh, he will rectify it. That's, he's... He has, I think, I want to say somewhere he said that his cigars have a, a 100% satisfaction guarantee or something like really? that. Something to that effect. Not that, like, if you don't like it, I'm going to replace it for you. But <laughs> if there's, like, anything wrong, if it's right, got a cracked right. foot, if it doesn't draw right, anything like that, he'll take care of it. Um, <clears throat> which I think is really cool. So he does this video, and apparently some folks have been saying that they, this wasn't spicy enough for them. It wasn't mm-hmm. as strong as they thought it was going to be. And I don't know what people are crazy, but because um, yeah. this thing's got a kick to it. It's not, it's not mega spicy. And I would say that the Firecracker does have a lot more of that black pepper spice, although they're both really tough to retrohale, for me anyway. They're pretty strong. And he, he, rec- he just kind of said that, you know, it's a, the, the sizing is a bit different, so you're going to get a kind of a different experience from that same blend. Uh, he did reference that if he comes out with a smaller size, hint, hint, wink, wink, yep. uh, he probably will be coming out with a smaller size of this, that it will replicate the experience of the firecracker a little bit more. Yeah, I, I've definitely heard him uh, talk about um, he was very pleased with everybody's response to the firecracker and the one kind of thing to um, to criticize it for, I guess, for back, lack of a better word, is that it wasn't long enough. If that's criticism, yeah. it just didn't last it's, it's long It's too enough. small. Yeah, yeah, I need more of this. Um, so, again, that being 3.5 by 50, this one's a 48, that one's a 52. He did go with a different uh, uh, with a different ring gauge uh, for both of these. But, 
uh, in that video, I believe he actually indicates that he believes it'd be a five by forty-six that he could get that flavor. Um, oh, I don't, yeah, with, he, he did. He, he referenced a specific size. I, yeah. <coughs> you may have listened closer than I did at that point. I would just go figure. To get, yeah, stunning turn of events. <laughs> so the blend on this one: Connecticut Broadleaf Number One Dark Wrapper, mm. uh, Nicaraguan Binder, Nicaraguan and Dominican Fillers. Six by forty-eight. It's a grand Corona. Uh, MSRP of eleven seventy-five. A little pricey for a Corona, I think. Uh, but <coughs> I've smoked a few of these, and no, I beg your pardon. This is the first one I've smoked, and it is so far we're about an inch in, maybe inch and a half. Mm-hmm. Well worth it. Oh, I wouldn't have a problem dropping eleven bucks on this cigar. Yeah, no, I I think um, you know Steve does small batch stuff. Uh, I, I wouldn't uh, call any of his stuff uh, inexpensive per se, but and I think he's recognized as one of the uh, top blenders in the world today. Sure. So, uh, and again, he doesn't capitalize on the uh, economies of scale of larger uh, companies. Uh, he, he believe his whole staff is uh, he's got a sales manager, his wife and his son. Um, that's yeah, the whole company. That's the whole deal, yeah. Um, so it, it, it's a small operation, obviously, you know, very boutique. Um, but yeah, no, I I have no problem with the, with the price point, and um, I do like the the firecracker, and I do smoke that with some frequency. I was able to pick up a few boxes on its last release. Um, so this one's different, um, but an exceptional cigar, and and it is different than the Micaridas. Uh, clearly, there's a blend difference. It's beefier. Mm-hmm. Is is really the way the richer. term that I would use? Yeah, it's yeah. much. Yeah, richer is a, is a, a a better way to say it. Beefier just sounds. <laughs> right, what, what's what is uh, <laughs> that makes me think of South Park. Beefy. What it was, it was beefcake. What's oh, the the one? That's that's right. Cartman. <laughs> Cartman. Yeah. yeah, I never really watched that show, but yeah. I always remember that one. But uh, something you you said on there uh, takes me back to your interview with him at IPCPR when this came out. <laughs> the one um, where your arm was dying halfway <laughs> <laughs> through the interview. It was great information, but it was a lot longer than any other interview. I had to hold the gimbal. Um, but you, I never see that he actually references uh, Broadleaf Number One. And so he was kind of the first guy I've heard talk about that when a cigar manufacturer buys cigar, um, tobacco, that it's graded. And, when, yep. and you know anyone that is really into uh, premium tobacco understands a little bit about the process that it's the whole 300 hands um, uh, denotion is the constant sorting uh, of quality. And so um, so he talked about that a little bit more specifically to the um, the brulee. Yeah. But uh, I, I didn't realize that he he calls out that this is number one. Yeah, it, it, they uh, that denotion denotation I should say. Uh, uh, yes. um, thank you. Was uh, <laughs> or that was not denoted is probably just an easier way to say it. That was not denoted uh, for all the references I've seen for the firecracker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they just referenced it as Connecticut Broadleaf. This is dark number one. It's a beautiful wrapper. Mm-hmm. It has that kind of look and texture of like an old bomber jacket mm. you know like the like the the guys from top gun would wear with yeah, all the patches yeah. and stuff on them and it looks like that that's just got some miles on it it looks like that just leathery real toothy wrapper mm-hmm. it's got a, a big texture to it not a lot of veins it's shiny it's got some oil to it <coughs> but it's not it's not super oily at least as far as i'm concerned yeah toothy as hell and um it's just a rugged looking cigar it's you have to appreciate 
this type of tobacco to look at this and be like, wow, this is beautiful. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you could be like, oof, it's kind of sure. rugged looking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Rustic sure. maybe yeah. is a better term for it. It kind of has that cow tongue uh, kind of bumpiness to it. Not I'm, quite I, sand I really paper. hope that you just never say that again because that's awful. <laughs> that's just a sweaty horse blanket and cow tongues. <laughs> that's that's the name of our punk album. Uh, Corch, or cake, 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 cork and Cage. Cork, cork and Cage. I couldn't even say it. That's going to be the name of the album. Um, but I digress. Great smoke. A lot of good stuff coming out of uh, Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. I still like the original Sober Mesas. Me too. Very good cigar. Such a nice, <clears throat> nice smoke. And then when he did the, there was the the Churchill, and then like the shorter one that was kind of like his replacement for the Dirty Rat is the way that he referenced it. Um, because he, the Dirty Rat was, as 150% of you probably know, Steve Saka was the original one of the original blenders with Drew Estate for the Liga Pravada stuff. The Dirty Rat was always his favorite. Oh, and I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, and he would tell the story about, he would always kind of, as those cigars are getting ready, oh, I'm, I'm running out of, you know, my hundred boxes of, of Dirty Rats or whatever it was that he would say, and uh, what am I going to smoke after that? Well, he made he made a new one to, to smoke after that. Not really the same cigar, in my opinion. No. Uh, very different. They, I, I think they, not very different. I think they provide different things. I could smoke them back to back and enjoy each one of them for their own merits. But I think a lot of the stuff that Steve makes is really good. The one that I didn't, what was the one that I didn't really like? The Sin Compromiso. Yeah, that, I mean, it was it was okay. That one's, people love that cigar. Yeah, it was, uh, shoot, wasn't that the consensus number one? Probably. It was either the number one or number two Wouldn't on the consensus me. for last year mm. um, because it was highly ranked on all the... Uh, bona fide lists that uh, half wheel, I guess, bona fides. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but sure. It, it had such a cool story, though. You know, I mean, it, it had that higher price point because he paid for all this tobacco basically not to be grown. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was an interesting story. A great flavor. I'm kind of with you, though. I'm If I'm just ranking, uh, doing a rack and stack of my favorite Dunbartons, it's number three or four. After this and Brulee coming out this year, it might be hurt my number five. <laughs> yeah, and at Moestra de Saca, I've never smoked. I've only had the Naka Tamale. Yeah. I never had the Exclusivo was the first one, and I didn't have the now leave uh, the hundred dollar one. Oh, and I definitely didn't have the <laughs> Unicorn. <laughs> I don't do hundred dollar cigars much. Yeah, why not? What the hell? Just for, for one time. So that's that's a little bit of the background. We'll talk more about the cigar as the night goes on. Randy, let's uh, let's talk about this beer a little bit. Okay, so um, I did already do kind of a Belgian beer primer uh, for letter M uh, when we did the uh, brewery that I work for, 21st Amendment, makes um, Monk's Blood. That was a Belgian Dark Strong with um, flavor additives of cinnamon and uh, some other things. If you're interested in Belgian beers, pardon me. Go ahead. Uh, go back and and check out that episode if you haven't seen it. That is, you give a Belgian beers are it's a deep subject. Mm. We could talk about it for hours, yep, I'm yep. sure. But uh, Randy does give a nice, tight uh, kind of Belgian beer primer mm-hmm. and give you a, like a little bit of insight into each of the main styles. And so that way you can, it can be confusing because it's quads and doubles and triples and and it can just kind of get a little bit weird. But right. um, anyway, go on. So because I've already done that, we're not going to, we're going to kind of gloss over as as Rob said, if if you're still kind of mystified uh, by the overall um, 
category family. Uh, please go back and check out that episode. Uh, so uh, Belgian quadruple, uh, most commonly just referenced as a quad, uh, is also known as a Belgian dark strong. Uh, so you might see these um, uh, from a lot of different Belgian breweries, uh, Brewery de Chouf and uh, and Westmail did kind of is credited for being one of the first. Um, but this quad is is somewhat unique. Uh, again, coming from Brewery Omegang, uh, it is located in Cooperstown, New York, the same place as the uh, the Professional Baseball Hall of Fame. I've never been. Uh, Brewery Omegang sent to me. So you've been to the Hall of Fame? I have. <laughs> I came Did you help build it? <laughs> uh, Cooperstown's gorgeous, upstate New York, very, very rural area, very, um, very seasonal. Uh, the whole town, like, basically goes to Florida during the winter because it gets so cold. Um, but uh, Brewery Omegang is owned by uh, Brasserie Duval. Uh, so it is owned by the largest Belgian brewery. Um, Duval has a family of brands. One of those brands is called Leafman's that is known for their sour ale production. And they make Leafman's um, Gudenbond, which is a, uh, a creek. So it is a cherry lambic. And so uh, this is a, a fun beer because it kind of ties in the relationship there, they actually ship over tankers of that Creek beer that's been aged for multiple years in barrels with cherries in Belgium. They ship it over to Cooperstown, New York, and they use 5% of that Lambic to blend into their Belgian quad. Uh, so it does have a bit more uh, fruit forward. You don't really get the sourness. The acidity slightly higher but you don't really notice that as much in this beer again it's only five percent but it does have a nice cherry uh kind of undertone uh belgian quads in general are typically i don't know how well you can see it they are amber in color they are known to be um somewhat hot in uh that you can smell the alcohol the aroma um on these uh, i believe is a 9.7 percent beer and so you should be able to kind of pick up some of that ethanol sweetness and, and, and character right in the aroma and as well as some uh, peppery phenols maybe some nutmeg some cinnamon characteristics that's coming from the yeast fermentation of the uh, Belgian dark candy sugar which is a beet based sugar very complex kind of leads to all the fruity and spicy characteristics that you find in a Belgian beer like this so uh it is very malty, somewhat sweet, uh, but also fairly drinkable for 9.7%. It, it doesn't have uh, a lot of residual sugar, just enough to drive flavor, not so much a lingering, cloying mouthfeel. It's still pretty, um, it, you know, drinks, cleans off the palate pretty well. Um, as most Belgian beers are, it's fairly effervescent, yeah. which also helps in, in that. Um, and Belgian-style um, beers like this are typically always uh, bottle-conditioned, which mm -hmm. is something we touched we on um, on the last show. Um, so this does come in a 750 cork and cage finish, and is, um, and you can definitely see some sediment just even in your glass. Cork. <laughs> um, cage. Like a champagne bottle. 
Yes, exactly, like a champagne bottle. So you 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 get um, you know you notice you know I'm saying nutmeg and cinnamon and and sweetness and and rich. You get kind of a plum um, to raisin fruit characteristic, plus a little bit of that undertone of cherry. Um, so it sounded like a beer. Obviously, we were driven to it uh, by the letter Q. <laughs> we didn't have a choice. Yeah, but the, but <laughs> but it, it's, it's a lot of yeah. it's a lot of vocabulary that we might use yeah. to describe a cigar. Also, yeah, that's true. Similar yeah. flavor. <clears throat> but ultimately, I mean, we we were kind of steered in the direction of a quad by the alphabet. It's the right kind of beer, at least on paper, to uh, to pair with this type of cigar. Yeah. Something that's got uh, some some strength to it. It's got some spice to it uh, to maybe offset some of that sweetness. Um, <clears throat> I think the beer, this is the first time, maybe the second time I've had this. And I've never really noticed the cherry flavor. Mm. I do get a little bit of cherry, almost like a, like a, like a tart red cherry. Yep. Kind of hits the sides of the tongue there a little bit. Uh, it's actually very pleasant. The flavor profile, I, I is I mean is exactly like you said just the stewed fruit and mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of those cabinet spices that you like to call them uh, floating around in there. Well, they're not actually floating around in there, but the the flavor is. It's uh, a very, <coughs> very full body, yes, uh, beer in my opinion. And the the effervescence to me is the thing that it's not the body of the beer that can slow you down while you're drinking it. It's like you get a little bit full until you let Absolutely. one let a little. Uh, a burp or two uh, go, and I try not to do that in the microphone, but they do get filling. They yes. do get filling, yeah. uh, and I, that, uh, that's to me that's common for a lot of Belgian beers. Mm-hmm. Is that a am I crazy or is that a normal thing? No, very much so. I mean, uh, you can drink uh, Irish car bombs all night without getting full because there's no effervescence. You know, it's a nitrogenated beverage rather than carbonated beverage. So um, as uh, you know, uh, carbon dioxide is trapped in the liquid. It's dissolved in solution, you would say. Once it hits the warmth of your belly, th- all that gas escapes. So it does lead to uh, a little more burping and uh, and more of a full feeling in the gut, for sure. Yeah. So what do you think about the cigar? You've smoked fantastic. it before. Yeah, yeah. I've smoked a lot of these. This is really good. Which do you prefer, this or the firecracker? They're different cigars. Um, you know, I typically smoke the firecracker. To be honest, if I if I finish my evening cigar and I don't have a whole lot of time and just want to have a nice like big shot of flavor, and it's flavorful enough, it doesn't matter almost what you smoked before it. It's gonna you know not be muddled at all. It's very punchy. Um, this one I feel like is a um, little bit. Less of that pop, that punch uh, that you get from the um, the firecracker. It's still very distinctly different and deeper and richer than uh, the uh, the original line of Mikarida. Not quite as much as as the firecracker. So it's you know one of those things. Depends on the mood and the time and what I'm doing. But um, I enjoy them both. I. I I go back and forth. I smoke both of them. Celebrate the man's entire catalog. I really do. <laughs> Indeed. Um, <clears throat> for me, this is a like a more refined version of the original Mikarita. It's um, it's a bit more. I think it's a bit more of everything. It's a bit more flavor. It, it's a bit more complexity. It's a bit. I don't know if it has more spice. The retro 
at the beginning of this cigar, right when you're getting started, is tough. I mean, some cigars, and I'll, let's speak for myself, I'm sensitive to really spicy, by like red pepper spice, a lot of black pepper. I'm, I'm sensitive to that on my palate and definitely through the retro. And so this is kind of tough to retro right off the top. But <clears throat> we're I'm probably approaching the halfway point at this, getting close to it anyway, um, the middle third, as we like to say. I still I, I want to go with the second quarter of the cigar, but uh, <laughs> it's it's much easier for me to to retrohale at this point. Maybe I've just gotten used to it. Maybe it's calmed down a little bit, but it's so rich. The flavor's so deep. I want to pair this with whiskey. I want to pair it with a heavily peated scotch. I think that would just wreck my palate, but it would be a ton of fun. Yeah. Like uh, yep. so, Randy sends me a picture from Costco the other day. And says, "Hey, you how dare you?" <laughs> he says, "You you really like rum? How's this?" And the picture is of Lagavulin 16, which is it not was rum. a minor. It is. It, it, I figured you. I figured you sent me two pictures, and only one of them came through. But I didn't. I didn't I, offer that. I know that that's not. I know. A rum I'm not trying to embarrass you. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but I, I just assumed you sent the wrong picture. But well, that's La- what it was. Lagavulin that's what it was. 16, I think, would be a fun pairing. Yep. With this. Uh, that Lagavulin is a heavily peated scotch. It's not uh, Laphroaig. It's not where it really just tastes like burnt tires, but it's it's heavily peated, and I think that would just be a ton of fun. Yeah, I I don't necessarily go in for the super smoky scotches. The uh, the McKellen Twelve, or McKellen Twelve. I like that one quite a bit. That's about as it's about my peak of where it's enjoyable. I think beyond that, it's that's something we'll remedy. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to remedy that. Yeah, I, f- I feel like anything that's like super, super strong, it detracts from uh, other flavors. I, I, I like just because you're scared. Complexity. <clears throat> Don't be scared. So, yeah, I mean, for me, full flavor, full body, full strength. This is a big cigar. Yeah, big daddy smoke. This is not your entry okay. level, not your entry level deal. Uh, for me, a ton of rich flavors. Some deep dark chocolate, <clears throat> um, earth, the red pepper on the retro, I think, and maybe that's just because I'm looking at the red band and that makes me think of it. I mean, that's kind of the main flavors that I'm getting from this. You, you pulling anything else out of there that I'm missing? Yeah, no, I could totally see. I I, I like that you went. Um, I'm thinking like you're inferring uh, red chili pepper mm. like you oh, yeah. put like, on oh, your sorry, pizza a bunch of smoke right in your face yeah exactly like the, the flakes you put right yeah. on your pizza yeah no I, I could totally see that i mean it but it's it's got black pepper and some of that yeah. ca- kind of spicy pepper as well uh, which i really enjoy i like that you can feel the tactile sensation with the retro hail and it does kind of sting the nostrils a bit I <laughs> I enjoy that quite a bit actually. Um then you enjoy that's why you enjoy this. It it does have and it's not off-putting by any means. It's just for me I don't normally smoke cigars that have a retro hail like that. So when I when I get one and I know I'm going to have one and I I mean I prepared for the show. I had a had a nice little meal before ah. I came over and yes. uh, I'm I'm ready to go for a big cigar because I I normally stay in that more medium to full range as mm-hmm. opposed to the full across the board. But I'll tell you what, man, this is very, very satisfying. Mm-hmm. This is, for me, everything I expected it to be. And then some. Like, I, I, I think I just, when people tell me that a cigar is, oh, it's super strong, it's super spicy, 
I just imagine that there's not going to be a, probably the same thing that you say about uh, yeah. about that a big peaty scotch. You feel like there's not going to be that complexity there, but <clears throat> this has it, and as Lagavulin 16 has it too. There's that's we're we're going to drink some of that this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, this is. Uh, I'm really impressed by this. I wish I would have smoked it sooner. I've got a drawer full of them. I'm you, sure you, you do. You can go home. With I don't a blame. I don't blame you. Yeah. This is now. It's not something I'd smoke every day. No, but no, and it's not something I smoke every day either. And, and to your point, not something you uh, that's recommendable to go into on an empty stomach, because mm. um, uh, we we both uh, prepared properly and uh, and had meals right before uh, coming on the show today, uh, and so I'm not feeling. Uh, woozy or, or or anything like that, but it is it is a um, it is high in strength. I think mm. I think this is something that could kind of knock you on your butt if you weren't ready for it. Yeah. So I, I think the nicotine's there for sure. Um, but to your point, and you do get that that uh, Baker's chocolate and even a little bit of you know that dark cacao, dark chocolate um, uh, flavor, and you're not be nothing's being run over by pepper or by strength you know you, you can really discern the different flavors and enjoy the complexity um and and i'll tell you we're actually just now getting pretty close to the halfway point um that'll continue all, all the way to the nub yeah. again i've smoked several of these and and it, it does not you know we, we talk sometimes um especially in reviews uh that a cigar will start off really really good and then kind of not bring it home in the second half uh, this this one will take you all the way home, no problem. You can find that bitterness <clears throat> in that final third in a lot of cigars. And if you go back and you watch that video mm-hmm. uh, interview with uh, Steve Saka from IPCPR, he does a little demonstration, kind of rips up a magazine and pretends that they're you know tobacco leaves. And ex- he was answering a, an audience question, and he explains why you get that. And I can kind of remember, but I don't want to say any of it because I'll probably say a bulk of it wrong. But it's definitely go back and watch that one. If uh, maybe we can link that in uh, down on the chat there, sure. So people can uh, can check that out. So okay, so we talked about the cigar. I think we both kind of love it. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty impressive. Let's uh, let's get into the beer a little bit. Then we'll talk about the pairing. All right. Um, well, I mean, you covered the bulk of the beer. I was going to say, yeah, I, I I've spoke a lot about the beer. What are you picking up in the glass, Rob? I mean, for me, as I'm, I'm going to take another sip here. All right, you go ahead and do that, and I'll. Go ahead and trade off with you when you go to talk. I'll, I'll smoke some more <laughs> of this beautiful Filler, filler, cigar. filler, filler. Um, <clears throat> I still get that little bit of tartness on the tongue, and I think that's – it actually lingers a little bit, and I think that's that might be a product of the cigar. But the 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 body of this beer is definitely full. A lot of that stewed fruit and those spices. I get a lot of, like, sugar and cinnamon, like you would put on, uh, like, cinnamon toast and you almost get kind of a cinnamon toast thing out of this because it is kind of bready as well. Yeah. With the uh, the, I guess that is that a product of the yeast. Uh, kind of bready. Yeah, and I think they do use a little wheat malt, which okay. kind of drives some of that as well. Okay. So that's that's really what I'm getting. I uh, I enjoy the enjoy the beer as well. It's it's not the highlight for me. This yeah. yeah. cigar is for me. The, this cigar is is really good. I feel like we could throw some barrel aged stuff at this. Yeah. And it would stand up pretty well. I agree. Uh, we could do three or four episodes just on this cigar. That might be fun. You know, I actually <laughs> have um, 
the CEO of Buriome again, gave me a, a bottle of, of course. A barrel aged uh, three fills that's in this beautiful cellar behind us. I didn't even know they did a barrel aged version. Not many people do. It doesn't. Oh my. It doesn't make it out to distribution. I think they just sell it there uh, at the brewery. Mm. Uh, it's real, real small batch, um, but it's a beautiful bottle. It's a unique um, variation of the label, but. Uh, but yeah, to your point, I think we could go all the way to Imperial Stout with coffee and, and, and some other additives, and you're not going to run over this cigar with yeah. it. I think this beer is um, strong enough in flavor that you still can taste it. I, th- mm-hmm. I, I think that says a lot about the beer, just that so you true. can taste it after <clears throat> smoking this cigar, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, doing all right in intensity. It, it, it does match the intensity. Um, yeah. And we're already giving it away, so I'll just say, I I don't. It's not an ideal pairing, in my opinion. I think something that did bring a little more chocolate or coffee or roast character to the equation uh, that could uh, that we could find an easier flavor hook with the cigar would be a better pairing. Um, but it's uh, it's holding its own. I think I'm I'm enjoying this pairing more than you. Okay, great. Yeah, this is uh, I. I really like that kind of tart cherry thing that mm. happens. And it does cut maybe. The yeah, acidity cuts I think through some of the richness yeah. of the cigar. And that's I, I kind of dig that where it kind of resets everything. And it, when when mm. I Good when point. I uh, take a puff on that cigar, it's like a it's like I'm I'm on a fresh palate somehow. You know, halfway through a, a full body beer and a full body cigar, I still feel like my palate is still pretty uh, alive. Yeah. You know, no, it's, that is a great. It's not uh, knocked on its butt. I like that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, seriously. it was bound to happen. I mean, we're <laughs> 19 episodes in. I, I, there was bound to be a pearl in there somewhere. Yeah, so I mean, for me, this is definitely a pairing that I enjoy. While I do agree that we could probably find something that's a bit more complementary, mm-hmm. that is going to have some. T- I want something that's chocolate forward with this. Me too. Or something that just doesn't have any chocolate in it at all, like this. I, I think if you kind of go in the middle, or a coffee might be good. I think if we went with something. Like, a, let's say, a barrel-aged stout with vanilla. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that would work. Mm. I think then we'd get two, like, competing sweetnesses and not really know what to do with it. This, to me, it's that bright uh, acidity, that little bit of cherry note in there. And maybe I'm assigning cherry to it. It might not even be there. It's just a bright acidity that really does kind of reset things for me. And I still get that stewed fruit. I still get the, the baking spices in there and that depth of flavor from the beer. I'm I'm impressed with how well it's holding up against the cigar, and Randy, if you're ready, I'm ready Let's to just it. give this a very enthusiastic thumbs up. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to give it a thumbs down. Mm. And wow, our first this is the I first think one. That, I think it's the very first time wow. that we're, that we're going to go on on the record as as oh. going different directions on it. We're usually able to convince each other because you made a an excellent point and. And I encourage, you know, I mean, if you're watching this show, you enjoy uh, learning how these flavors meld on your palate and how they react. Um, Rob has made an excellent and very, very legitimate argument about um, uh, what I would say is kind of contrasting flavors in bringing that acidity um, maybe does make the cigar stand out and you can um, keep finding new flavors because it's not... Um, you're not acclimating as yeah. well as, as the cigar goes on where, you know, some of that chocolate and spice and, uh, you know, kind of uh, espresso notes from the cigar might 
just kind of fade away to um, to your palate becoming acclimated to it. The acidity and, and, and some of the sweetness in, in the beer um, kind of gets you a departure for, for it. So it's kind of fresh and new when you come back to the cigar. Uh, and I appreciate and agree with all those points. I cannot smoke this cigar and not yearn for that, <laughs> that chocolate rich no, imperial I, stout. Yeah, no, I I I I agree with you. Um, and I think that if we <clears throat> were to revisit, and maybe we will, we don't really know what we're doing with season two yet. Maybe we'll uh, re- re- revisit some of these with you know pairings that we would want to uh, to do instead of ones that we were forced into. This this beer is acting as a palate cleanser to an extent, but the brightness and that acidity that I, I mentioned ad nauseum now is I look forward to it. Yeah. Like with a if we're if we're drinking a beer that's just kind of getting run over and I'm not getting anything out of it mm-hmm. and we can just the only positive thing I can find out of it is well it's a palate cleanser. That's that's not a good pairing. This for me I'm I look forward to my the sips of the beer and so I and then I look forward to the puff of the next cigar. It really keeps me moving forward. And that's that's why I think it's that's why I think it really works. Sure, there's probably pairings that are better, but um, I think it's a great yeah. pairing. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm going thumbs down. I have don't yeah. don't don't step back. No, 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 Only. I'm not. I, I I'm absolutely going to. I just wanted to qualify that uh, that and and we've talked about this in previous uh, episodes where we've both given thumbs down. It's like you should smoke this cigar and you should drink this beer, and we're still going to give it a thumbs down. Um, you should drink this combination, in my opinion. Um, I think we should start a competition. Like, let's let's get the dojo. Let's get the dojo involved. Like, uh-huh. how many people can do this pairing? And like, let's see who wins. Maybe I'm right. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Well, that's the beauty of a flavor. It's subjective. I don't think no, it has to be right or no, of wrong. Of course, it's, it would be the but number of votes. It, but if it were, I mean, I'd be right. You'd no, be wrong. Not, <laughs> see, this is why we have to do this. So okay, look, we can let's. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna start recruiting people to do this uh-oh, pairing. Uh oh. And we'll uh, we're gonna make this happen. I want to. I want to see this become like a thread where we, we talk about this for years on end. I think that'd be a blast. We know. Um, I am looking forward to hearing um, some notes from our good friend Patrick Larkin. He got the. Would you say the blueberry coffee version? Yeah, of this? there was. Yeah, Randy uh, kind of chastised me for getting the 750 mil, which I mean, it's fine. We've gone through the whole bottle, but uh, there was. He said, "Oh well, I should have told you that it comes in cans." Well, they had the cans, and uh, Patrick <laughs> texted me a picture a couple of days ago that he picked it up, and I and I looked at it. I'm like, that can looks a little weird, and then I'm start reading it. It's like this is like a. It's got blueberry and coffee and kind of that just seems. That I don't think that sounds good, <laughs> but that'll be that would be. I'm Patrick. I'm curious if you're doing the pairing, uh, how that's going to turn out. I'd be curious. Yeah, because I would imagine yeah. the blueberry is going to add even more acidity and fruit character, so it might emphasize the, what what you like about the pairing. Uh, it might detract from it as well, but yeah. but it, it it will be fun on, on us. You know, in my own personal time, I have every intention now to uh, taste that and check that pairing out. Well, they have it at uh, at the, the yeah, spot down on, the street. Yeah, so. I'll go. All right, so uh, so that's that's the pairing. That's, yeah. that, that's our votes uh, this week. Obviously, we mentioned it last week, but um, the countdown continues on Cigar Dojo for Cigar of the Year. Mm. Um, so we we already know some of the winners. Is we start at ten and are counting down this Friday in two days from now. Mm-hmm. We will be um, we will get to see Eric release. What is it? The final three. 
I think it's the final three he does on the yeah, show, so. and then he does the top five uh, limited cigars of the year, and then um, some other honors uh, going around. I don't, I don't know them all. If there's there's uh, under the radar cigar yes, of the year, yes. there's uh, like factory of the year, mm-hmm. right? There's yep. a bunch yep. of different things. What else was there? I think that's. I mean, there's there's that kind of stuff. Yeah, that kind of yeah. Stuff. No, I I really enjoy. I think I mentioned last week, I really enjoy Cigar of the Year season, uh, how many different lists are coming out. You know, it's turning me on to some things. You know, I've been focused there on... There's been some interesting ones. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, some some of the uh, media folks go, um, you know, they zig when everyone else is zagging. And so... Uh, Coop. And, <laughs> Coop and, uh, and Bear. Call no, them out. No, I, I'm not calling anybody <laughs> out. I just... I, the, Coop's list, the top... At least the top two were surprising to me. They're cigars I've never smoked. And Bear even threw out a, an interesting one as his cigar of the year was a Kristoff, I think. It is. Yeah. Oh, you, I've, I've got some of those that you should of course leave you with do. one. I haven't smoked it yet. I, I, I haven't smoked it yet either. I, God, I haven't smoked a Kristoff. And we were going to do Kristoff for K. Oh, yeah. We, we ended up doing it, the Killer Joss, B. Oh, that's we did right. the Killer B. Uh, I listened to that episode today, Randy. And actually, you ah. guys can always tune in on the podcast. Thank you for anybody who's listening on podcasts. You can find us anywhere. Uh, do the thumbs up vote and f- give us five stars, four stars. I mean, I guess if you don't like Randy's hat, maybe. I don't know. My hat game is on point. <laughs> <laughs> Anything less than four stars, just just keep it to yourself. Um, but, you, yeah, you can find it anywhere. Um, so that's uh, Smoke Night Live this Friday is the Cigar of the Year. Next week, Randy, is letter R. Yes. As in Robbie Raz. Yeah, yeah, nice. You're very yeah, on. Yeah, wait a minute. It's my own show. Ra- Randy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was all excited for you. It was like one all about you. But, but wait, wait a, a second. <laughs> I, I get to play too. Uh, so we are smoking the Royal Agio Balmoral Añejo XO Connecticut Petit Robusto. I believe it's a t- Petit Robusto is the size that we're smoking. That is a mouthful. It is. It's uh, well, that cigar has been getting a lot of hype too. Yeah. And their cigars, I, I haven't really uh, smoked a ton of the the Balmoral stuff. Balmoral, Balmoral, Balmoral. I think uh, from Royal Agio. I haven't smoked a ton of it. I did back in the day when they first came out, but now they've got uh, you know the XO line has three or four different blends. There's an Oscuro. There's the original. There's a Nicaraguan. I think there's the Connecticut. So that's four. And there's uh, a collaboration series. They've got you some were collaborations. About? They do one with Pepin. Ooh, I popped my microphone there. At least in my headphones, anyway. And one with um, uh, Ernesto Perez Carrillo. I've heard of him. So yeah, yeah. They're, they're, if you're going to collab with somebody, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, those yeah. are two pretty good names to collab with. And those cigars have been getting uh, rave reviews as well. So I'm I'm excited for that. And we're pairing it, Randy, with the the uh, Rogue Dead Guy Ale. The Dead Guy Ale from Rogue. Yeah, Rogue is in the Pack Northwest for sure. It's definitely not in Portland. No, it's in Oregon. It is. They have a they have a big yeah. tap room in. Portland. All of the places have them in, in Portland. That's why I think they're all from Portland. <laughs> but I, I don't know where their their main facility is. They do have a uh, a nice uh, tap room there in in Portland. Uh, I've been there. They make some funky beers. Yeah, those, no, they did those ones with the donut uh, guys that came in. Oh, the pink. voodoo donuts. Yeah, the yeah, voodoo donuts. That's right. I forgot about that one. Uh, those. I don't know if they still do that. Yeah. But uh, j- yeah. John Mayer. Why does it sound like it? John Mayer is like a an artist. Yeah. 
I don't know what you're. I don't know where you're going. His, his name's John Mayer. Stacy's his wife. Yeah, I think. I think it is. I. I might be getting the first name wrong. I don't, just get confused I don't know by the musician. Uh, the head brewer for Rogue is oh. another one of the um, the pioneer uh, mm. pillar uh, type personalities in the beer industry, and uh, and yeah, so they've done uh, some goofy ones. Dead guy's kind of their staple. That's their there. flagship yeah. for sure. Now I think we might end up with some um, with some distribution. Concerns on that. I, I would imagine that a few of you, um, Bill, you know who I'm talking to, uh, are going to reach <laughs> out to us. Um, I will make sure that we do a live video um, this week and throw out the because um, that's one some of those other options. Some other options. That's one of those old school beers where stylistic brewing was um, still not something everyone had adopted, and so people were just making beers with flavor. And, you know, yeah. it's it's definitely malt forward. Um, I'm going to have to double check to see exactly what style um, it is. Yeah, going to give you the, the most similar option in your local area if you want to follow along. Uh, so watch out for that on Cigar Dojo. We will post that as the week continues. One thing I've done when people ask me is go to Untapped. I know, you're, Randy, you're not an Untapped guy, but some of you out there may be. If you go to Untapped and you search for a specific beer... They'll give you recommendations of things that are similar, so that's one way to do it. I've uh, I've Googled some things, and you end up on like Beer Advocate or something like sure. that, and they'll tell you you can click on the style, and there'll be a whole list of, of beers. Commercial there. examples. Yeah, you know. exactly. So that's one that's one thing you can do. You can always uh, ask us as well. Um, if you ask me, I'm going to do those same things. So, uh, or I'll just ask Randy because <laughs> that's he knows more about this stuff than I do. But anyway, that's next week uh, for the letter R, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, that's exciting. It's our first, uh, our first one. Probably yeah, if definitely you, not the last. Yeah, and if you try the beer, let us know mm. uh, if you think one of us is crazy, and um, and it'll be Rob for sure. Of course, uh, of course it will. <laughs> anyway, appreciate you guys hanging out with us for another uh, episode of Flavor Odyssey. We will see you guys next Wednesday. Letter R as the Odyssey continues. Thank you.